So I welcome everybody. Thank you so much for coming to this podcast. My name is Falk Hutman, and today we talk about the big caribou meltdown. Um, obviously, that topic deals with caribou, but you should also understand that it actually deals with climate change, with the Arctic, with the world we live in, and also with carbon dioxide, man-made carbon dioxide release, and methane and similar um, greenhouse, greenhouse gases that contribute to this problem that we currently see, not only in caribou, but also in other factors. So um, to start out, um, let's look at the um, Arctic report card from 2018. The, head the headline of that Arctic report card uh, in the newspaper reads, the Arctic has lost 2.6 million reindeer over the past 20 years. Now, that's pretty scary when you look at the numbers that are reported there. There are actually 23 groups of caribou in the high Arctic that have been analyzed. Uh, a caribou group is called a herd. And there are 23 of those, and only two of them are stable. All the other ones are basically showing declines in the thousands. For instance, the Western Arctic one has, max, has declined. Teshek Puk has declined. Central Arctic has declined. Blue Nose West has declined. Blue Nose East has declined. Bathurst has declined massively. Ayak Beverly declined. Kumanyun Kiak has declined. Baffin Island has declined. Leaf River, George River, Kangalusuak. Um, Taimir has declined dramatically. Um, and Yana in, in Indigurka and Sundrun and Chukotka have all declined. Um, so it's Whatever the numbers are, if it's 2.6 million more or less, um, the point is that there are declines and there are massive declines and there are many declines. Now that's in the high Arctic. When you move into the other areas in the southern groups, the southern herds in the world, um, and here again, it's, it's caribou and reindeer, um, which are uh, similar species. And um, uh, depending on which continent you are in North America, it's caribou. Um, if you move into the North American situation, you look into, let's say, America, um, except for Alaska, in the lower 48 of America, there are virtually no wild caribou left, almost. Um, the ones um, that are perhaps found there are coming from British Columbia, there's the Selkirks and um, the Selkirks Mountains, um, and on the border zone there, um, and these caribou at least struggle, if not worse. So that's Idaho, Washington, Montana, there are other caribous in a similar range in the southern zones, uh, such as on Queen Charlotte Islands, that's called Dawson's caribou, that basically is gone. Um, and then there are other caribous on islands like Pearson's caribou that are also um, going on and off and a lot of struggling there. If you look into reindeer in Mongolia, which is another area further south of the Arctic, but still cold enough, um, there are reindeer herders and there's reindeer, but they're also uh, struggling and there's an entire lifestyle lost. So uh, the southern herds really struggling. The northern herds are also on and off struggling, and massive declines can be seen at least when you go with counted numbers. Um, in Alaska, there is um, 32 herds or groups, more or less known. Um, and this is an interesting question: What is a herd, and what's the group, and how do they all connect? Because caribou and reindeer are obviously migratory animals, and they have been described by George Schaller and others for um, very uh, historic cases and very famous in a way. But the point is that one of the largest herds in Alaska, um, the Western Arctic herd, is declining. Um, actually, when you look at the news that just came from the Western Arctic herd, it's called Caribou Trails. They refer to the herd status as 
conservative declining. And you need to put it in context and see what has been there historically and what's there now. And you will agree with me that there is obviously a decline going on. Um, when you look at the genetic diversity of caribou and reindeer, and people have studied this, there's a very famous study by Yannick, and they find out that the genetic diversity is usually the highest in cold areas. What it means is if it's warming, then you lose the genetic diversity and probably that has something to do with um, loss of resilience and loss of uh, stability and just population declines. So I think that's that's pretty clear. Um, the connection between genetic diversity and stability of a population and um, yeah, strength, call it resilience, um, that's clearly is established in, from based on this paper and it seems to apply wider. Now, um, people have looked at Canadian um, uh, uh, caribou as well. There are some studies done on this issue and um, what these studies have found, for instance a study by McLaughlin, is that there are declines in populations of so-called woodland caribou. And um, these uh, authors have looked at several herds and they find declines, let's say 50%, as mentioned in this paper. So um, to quote you this phrase that they come up with here, they say, the current distribution, intensity, amount, and type of human activity in and near caribou ranges is likely compromising the integrity of caribou habitat. Treatment of declines will require new land use guidelines that promote caribou conservation. And um, I think that makes entirely sense if you look at caribou as an issue. Um, now, there is actually a very nice paper published on this issue of, of, of legal policy and um, um, how these in, uh, legal policy conservation instruments are actually working or not working. And this is a paper by um, Rosemary Collar and colleagues. It's called Ex Extirpation Despite Regulation, question mark, Environmental Assessment and Caribou. And what they are saying is that the, um, basically based on 65 of those uh, environmental impact assessments, um, the majority, the vast majority of them has basically not achieved um, anything with a good outcome for the caribou. The conclusion really is that um, 99 of all of those 99% of all those approved environmental impact assessments have not benefited the herd and therefore it seems not to be a good tool um, to apply to caribou and it actually has opposite impact really when you look at it. Um, so these instruments to protect the, these animals are failing and um, it also mentions um, this paper that there's a tension between um, promoting economic growth and protection um, of these animals. Obviously, that's a typical conflict that also other people have uh, outlined before. So this is a really interesting reading. I'm, I'm really um, intrigued by it because it shows the failure of the legal policies that are supposed to um, look after these um, these animals. Now, <clears throat> when you look at Alaska, um, for an example, Alaska has approximately, um, as I mentioned, uh, 31 or 32 groups of animals, 31 perhaps, and um, there is... Uh, one group that stands out to me or that is very interesting when it comes to the um, dynamics and that's a 40 mile herd so the 40 mile herd 
um, is, is really stunning in, in many, many ways. In the 1900s, it has probably been the largest uh, herd in the world, or certainly one of the largest herds in the world. Um, it's very important for indigenous food, for indigenous lifestyle, for the interior Alaskan lifestyle. Um, it also straddles on the Canadian border, so it's more a little bit of international issue. And um, in the year 1975, which is just basically, um, let's say, 80 years um, after contact of the um, um, European settlers coming to Alaska, um, the population was down to 5,000. So that is pretty amazing. Um, now the number is a bit back to 80,000, which is good. But uh, apparently the habitat is really um, kind of overgrazed and there's a lot of human pressure and there is uh, industrial pressure and um, yeah, climate change on top. So that obviously uh, creates a problem and um, that is not a good thing. And I think the 40 mile caribou herd and its massive decline shows a lot um, yeah, some of the problems that we can see and that are so typical for caribou these days. So when you look at the footprint of this herd, um, I mean, it's, it's back to 80,000, but it was much, much higher. It was one of the largest in the world. And um, that obviously shows some of the flaws um, that exist and, and the, shows the status of caribou uh, in the moment. Um, so, yeah, that's obviously pretty stunning when you think of the massive migration that these animals have and the animals had and where we are currently standing with these um, the status of these uh, nice animals. So um, if I may follow up with you a little bit on the Alaskan situation, again, here uh, in the high Arctic, you might find uh, several herds, for instance, porcupine, which again is stable. It's a Canadian Alaskan herd. Um, but the central Arctic is down, the western Arctic is down, Tejepuk is more or less down, Oktomar now is down, and Kodiak Island is um, probably... Um, has not been that big in the first place because in the south. So in addition to these declines, there are also other interesting factors that should be taken into account. And one is uh, introgression. There's an interesting study done um, that deals with, dealt with the hybrids between reindeer and caribou, because for, in North America, in Alaska, uh, a reindeer was also introduced for herding. So European reindeer basically was introduced to Alaska. And um, the effect is that they interbreed actually to a pretty high degree. And um, that creates some interesting questions about genetics and how you handle pure genetics. So it's not only that there are caribou left and they're doing okay in some areas, but it's also that these caribou that are, seem to do okay, um, they actually have already a genetic, um, yeah, they are basically um, have uh, invasive genetic DNA in them that might not be so good for them. So that's obviously uh, an interesting topic there. So um, just to add that to your climate change discussion, um, again, in the cold areas, some many caribou are still doing fine in the moment, except that they are probably um, historically also have declined. So that's just the overall picture. Um, and I'm sure you will find some exceptions from what I, I just, just mentioned to you here. But nevertheless, there are uh, many of these problems. And um, so with that, um, you should think more about habitat, about lichens that these animals eat, um, about the impacts, and so on. Um, I like to bring it really back to carbon dioxide, um, carbon dioxide and uh, the role that man-made carbon dioxide release uh, played in these uh, in the status of caribou. Um, it 
brings back to me uh, a memory to a book um, that's called the Grizzly Bear Manifesto. Grizzly bears being also predators on, on some of the caribou together with wolves and others. Um, but there is a, uh, and this book is very nice because it shows the um, mismanagement that has happened to these uh, wildlife species and their habitats. Um, on, on various accounts, including in national parks. And so there's a grizzly bear manifesto that's written. Um, what I think, and there should be um, perhaps a caribou or reindeer manifesto be written, and um, these issues should really be tackled in a much better way. Um, that's all what I have. Um, that was my podcast on caribou. I understand there's much to be said about this. I understand um, it's not an easy subject. I understand that there are exceptions, and please take this as my opinion on the topic, but the evidence is so overwhelming that there are these declines and these um, breakdowns, basically, of the caribou and of these, these herds, which, again, is a massive migration topic, too, um, that, that is really um, of concern. One should really look into it and has policy changes. And as we've seen so far, the policy changes are not working. That includes the environmental assessments in Canada, let's say, or the um, climate change policies currently are really not doing much. So that's obviously a problem. Um, in my view, it doesn't end as a caribou. In my view, it's a much wider subject. Um, you can move into grizzly bears and polar bears and um, the whole Arctic coast and um, the lack of sea ice in summer in the high Arctic and the meltdown of the North Pole and other things. So anyway, that's something to think about. But I believe that is a very serious problem. And um, I want to bring us to this to your attention by using these references. Um, you can probably find much more outside of these references, but just just a start to get you thinking and to outline you this massive problem that um, um, is global. And the reason why it's global is because climate change doesn't stop in the Arctic. Once you have climate change in the, in the Arctic, where you have these cooling chambers, um, so the polar regions, it will also affect the tropical areas in the intermediate zones, including all the oceans. So it's a massive issue you see here by just referring to caribou, but there's more to the story. And um, yeah, please follow up if you have any thoughts. I'm happy to uh, learn more of what you have to think about it and what your opinion is. And um, yeah, please keep me updated. Thank you so much. Nice talking to you. Bye-bye.